Turn your Bibles to Hosea. Hosea chapter 2. We're going to read verses 21 through 23 together. The title of uh, this morning's message is God Will Respond. I believe that's in your, your notes here. You see my notes you can put in here. God Will Respond. So I start out the, the response of God, but I change it to God Will Respond. So Hosea 2, verse 21 through 23. Uh, let's pray and ask the Lord to, to bless our time and be with us in a mighty way. Let's, let's pray. Oh, Father God, we, we come to you, Lord, with your word open in front of us, Lord. We want to hear from you, God. We want your words to come forth. So, Lord God, I, I, I come humbly before you, Lord, and ask for your help, your strength. I, I ask for your utterances to flow from me and to your people. God, let your word come. Let my word be quieted and shushed, God. But your word come with healing power, strengthening power, forgiving power, comforting power. Come with faith building power, God, right now this morning in this place. Let your word come and and heal us and wash us and cleanse us. We come to be showered by the grace of your word, Lord. Father, help us to know that even when we're feeling dirty and unworthy and far and distant from you, there's no distance far enough that you can't reach us. There's no place dark enough that you can't see us. I, I think that's the song you played on the radio for me on the way over here. I thank you, God. You're always ministering to us. I pray you do that right now, Lord. Minister to us. Lead us and guide us in your word and, and strengthen us and heal us. God, do a work in us that changes us from this day forward. Bless us. Bless us indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Hosea chapter 2, verse 21 through 23. I want to read that together. It says, It will come about in that day that I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the heavens, and they will respond to the earth, and the earth will respond to the grain, to the new wine, and to the oil, and they will respond to Jezreel. I will sow her for myself in the land. I will also have compassion on her who had not obtained compassion. And I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. So some of you were here last week. And so I have to say, like last week, we have to go back to that day. For the Lord declares in verse 21 that it will come about in that day. In that day, I will respond. God will respond to the heavens. The heavens will respond to the earth. The earth to the grain the grain to the new wine and oil, and they, they, I'm going to say right now, all-inclusive, they will respond to Jezreel. And I'll explain that all-inclusive. I guess the roadmap is, what does it mean? This is the only question, I think, for the roadmap is, what does it mean that God will respond? I said like last week we have to go back to that day because last week we saw the Lord declared that in that day, in this day, they, Israel, would call him my husband. They would call him Ishi. And they would no longer call him Bayali, harsh taskmaster. That God, the Lord, would make the wayward bride Israel, his rebellious bride He would make them a faithful bride in this day. The Lord would bring Israel into a marriage covenant and make a covenant with all the beasts of the field, with all the birds of the sky, with all the creeping things that creep on the ground. Remember last week, we saw the kid, the child, the infant will play in the den of the cobra and not be bitten. 
In that day, that's what God will do. He'll make a covenant and God will remove all war and cause Israel to be faithful always. He will remove war. He will make them righteous through compassion and justice according to His loving kindness that He promised to Abraham. That He promised to Isaac. That He promised to Jacob whose name changed to Israel. And God prophesied this everlasting covenant and promise through the prophets like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and so many more. And he called it, you help me out, the new covenant. In that day is a new covenant. Behold, days are coming when I will make an everlasting covenant. It's called a new covenant. It's the new covenant where God is saving the remnant and bringing his people back to the land that he promised as an everlasting possession to the descendants of Abraham by faith. So that on this day, on that day, on this day, they, I guess we'll answer who's they as well. They will know the Lord. They will know Him. And now look at verse 21. It comes, it continues. The Lord our God declaring it will, it will come about in that day. I will respond. What does that mean? I will respond. If you guys have other translations of the Bible, I think you'll see that it says, I will hear. And I don't think that's, that's not big enough (laughs) neither one is probably big enough to understand this ana it says i will ana i will hear i will speak i will say i will respond it's like it's all together god hears he answers he prays he responds it's so glorious i we can't Get a right word to get this, that God will ana, he will answer, he will hear, he will speak, he will respond. And I, we got to understand it, I think the only way we can understand it is how much creation is crying out to God. If we can fathom the groaning of the earth, the groaning of his chosen one, the groaning of all humanity crying out to God. And you see, the Lord says and declares, in that day I will ana, I will hear, I will speak, I will answer, I will respond. All creation is crying out to him, praying to him for freedom from futility and bondage turning its hope you can see all creation turning its hope to the creator to the maker to the sustainer saying deliver us free us paul tells us this in romans 8 19 if you look at romans 8 19 through 23 and then you skip over to verse 26 i'll, I'll do that romans 9 or 8 19 he says the anxious longing of, of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of God. God who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption. Into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. You see Louisiana flooding. It's groaning. Deliver us, God. The earth is not looking for a man, for a savior. Neither shall we. The land and man is looking for the savior, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And not only this, 
But our, our, also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, we groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly our, for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. We long for the glorified body. Verse 26, what's this earning, what, yearning, or groaning, this roaring? <laughs> Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. We don't know how to praise. We should. The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep with, for words. I gotta, you gotta love it. All creation prays in hope to be set free. Amen. Can you say you want to be set free? I want to be set free. Raise your hand if you want to be set free. Free from anything. I don't care what it is. There's something holding every single one of us in some kind of bondage or slavery, even if it's just our own egos. <laughs> whatever that is. I don't know. I've been looking for my ego. I can't find it. But it, whatever it is, we pray for, to be set free from slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory the children of God, we groan in prayer for the redemption of our bodies. The Spirit helps interceding, praying. The Spirit prays on our behalf to who? The Creator, the Maker, the Sustainer of all things. And He, listen, if you take nothing else out of this message today, this morning, take this. He hears you. He hears you. Not only does he hear you, he answers you. God will honor. He will respond. The Spirit is praying, interceding on your behalf. The groaning that you can't even mutter words about or for or articulate, spirit lifts up prayers for you and God hears them and God speaks, he responds, he will answer. He answers, he speaks and he brings all things into order to help his people. All is not left to its own evolution. It's not. It's not left to its own. You're not left to its own. The heavens are not left to its own. The ground is not left to its own. Nothing, our skin, is not left to its own. Evolution, all the operations of nature without a single doubt are attributed to the power of God and to Him speaking it forth. Can you say amen? Maybe you'll say amen after you read Hebrews 1.3. It says He upholds all things by the power of his what his word he's speaking you into existence into what you're doing he's speaking the world into existence he's speaking the world into rotation if he stops speaking it stops turning if he stops speaking we stop living He's speaking all things into sustaining existence. There's not a quake or a shake that he did not speak, to use old English terms. <laughs> it's not that he didn't speak. He, Anna, he responds. God hears. And God will answer and speak. You believe that? Pray like that. Cry out to God like that. Groan out to God like that. Knowing He will respond. Does anyone remember Genesis 1? Any kids in here? Y'all remember Genesis 1? God said, let there be what? Yeah, let there be... Help me out again. I was, uh, be like really loud. You're allowed to be loud in church. God said, let there be light. Yeah, he did. That was Genesis 1, 6. God said, let there be light. Oh, that was 1, 3. Excuse me. That was 1, 3. God said, let there be light. 1, 6. God said, let there be an expanse. God said in 1, 9, let the waters be gathered. 1, 11. God said, let the earth sprout. 1, 14. God said, let there be stars. 
Let there be a sun. Let there be a moon. 124, God said, let the waters swarm with creatures. 124, God said, let the earth be filled with living creatures and creeping things that crawl on the ground. And Genesis 126, God said, let us make man in our image. I'm a, do you remember what happened after God said? Let me go back to 1-3. Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be. Oh, we'll try it again. Go back to Genesis 1-3. God said, let there be. And there was. Yes, there was light. What happened after God spoke it? There was light. You remember that? There was a firmament. There was an expanse. It separated water from the land. There were formed dry lands with beaches. The earth sprouted vegetation. Plants yielded seed and there were fruit trees. There were stars and constellations for signs and seasons and days and years. There was a sun there was a, for the day and there was a moon for the night. There were great sea monsters and teeming swarms of fish. There was cattle and creatures and creeping things all over the earth. And every imaginable winged bird flying in the heavens. After God said, and then there was male and female in the image of God. He created them. Male and female, he created them. And all that God said, God made and God looked at it and said, man, that is good. <laughs> really, really good. You can say amen. amen. But because of sin, because of sin, God cursed this ground. God cursed this land, this ground with thorns and thistles and drought and earthquakes and floods and death and violence. But in a day, in a day, declares the Lord, I will speak again. I will anah. I will not. If you want to see Hosea 2, verse 9 through 13, you see unfaithful Israel, rebellious Israel, forsaking God and God coming and punishing them, destroying their vines, destroying their fig trees, taking everything away, cursing the ground. God just causes all kinds of problems from Israel. And then you got Hosea 2, 21. God says, it will come about in that day, I Will, Anah. I will speak. I will respond. You got to remember, they did all that, and God punished them. And God says through through verse fourteen to twenty, building up to this, He says, "I will allure her. I will allure her. Come here. Just come here. Come out to me. Just alluring her, speaking kindly upon her heart, giving her hope, removing all the idols." From her mouth, she doesn't even remember him anymore because God becomes ishy, my husband, so good she forgets them. In that day, God makes the covenant with the beasts, the birds, the creeping things. No more need for military strength. No more need for the, what are they called? The levers that break? Is that what it is? Am I saying it right? Level? Levies. Yeah, the levies. Thank you. No more need for the levies. God makes a covenant with all. No more war in the land to be fought. No floods, no drought, no violence or death. Safety, safety. And betrothed to the faithful bridegroom, Ishi, where they all will know the Lord and he forgives all their iniquity and he remembers their sins no more. It's in that day. It's in that day. He brings Israel in his, under his wing and forgives her of all her iniquity and, and remembers her sin no more. It's in that day that he responds to the heavens. The heavens will open up with showers. Responding to the earth as if the earth were like, come on heavens, we're drought here. Bring some rain. 
And the earth will drink and be satisfied and will respond to the grain for new wine and oil. And then you've got to love this. God does that for them. And at the end of verse 22, and they will respond to Jezreel. They will respond to Jezreel, to God who sows. God sows is the word for Jezreel, if you don't remember that. Jeremiah 31, 12, this is what it looks like. It says, they will come and shout for joy on the height of Zion. They will be radiant over the bounty of the Lord, over the grain and the new wine and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. And their life will be like a watered garden, and they will never never languish again. You could keep reading. I just wanted to give you a taste of it. Ezekiel 34, 25 through 31. It's, it says, I will make a, listen to God saying, I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places around my hill, my Zion, a blessing and I will cause showers to come down in their seasons. They will be showers of blessings. Also the tree of the field will yield its fruit and the earth will yield its increase. They will be secure on their land. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. They will no longer be a prey to the nations and the beasts of the earth will not devour them, but they will live securely and no one will make them afraid. I will establish for them a renowned planting place and they will not again, not again be victims of famine in the land and they will not endure the insults of the nations anymore. If you look at Israel, I don't know one day that they're not enduring insults from other nations. You help me out. This is a day that will come, declares the Lord, that they will no longer receive or endure the insults of the nations from anywhere. Then they will know. They will know. Israel will know. My people will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord. As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pastor, you are men And I am your God, declares the Lord. God. Just in case we thought God was done with Israel. You can handle that, right? He's not. He's not. Just as he's not done with us. He's not done. Let's keep looking here. God will respond. Hosea 2.21, right? God will respond And all creatures, every created thing will respond to him, to God sows, Jezreel. You remember Hosea 1.4? If you don't, look at Hosea 1.4 really quick. God said, hey, Hosea, remember this is a picture of the harlot Israel forsaking God. He says, Hosea, go marry Gomer, the, the, the harlot. And you guys have a baby together. Name that baby. Help me out. Name that baby. Jezreel. That's the first baby. Jezreel, which his name means God sows. And now here we are in Hosea 2.22 that they are responding to God sows. It's the same name, Jezreel. So in Hosea 1.4, God says, name your firstborn, Jezreel. This was a sign that God would punish Israel like Jehu punished the people in Jezreel. All that bloodshed that Jehu did in Jezreel, God was going to do it to Israel because of their harlotry and idolatry. Remember, it means God sows. And in this context, what's God sowing? God's sowing punishment. So God sows Jezreel, meaning God will sow punishment. A friend of mine, he's a pastor. You guys know him, Pastor Edgington. He reminded me that Jezreel also could be uh, translated God scatters. In that context, we see that Jezreel, God sows, God's sowing punishment. But in that, and in Israel, if you look at Israel, you see that in that punishment, God scattered them across the land that, that was not their land. And you see them still scattered. So they're scattered. 
But now we're seeing God according to his loving kindness, not according to Israel. Israel didn't do this about face. Okay, God, we're going to obey everything you say. What, you're commanding. We will do what you say. That's not going on. God was punishing them for their harlotry. They're forsaking him. And he brought punishment. God, through his mercy and his loving kindness, allured her out. So God... According to his loving kindness, allures Israel. He forgives Israel. He betroths Israel. He's blessing Israel. And, they, and the, he's blessing them in the promised land of the everlasting covenant through the blood of the new covenant. Now look at verse 22 of Hosea 2. They will respond to Jezreel. God sows. I just want to... Uh, Point this out. God sows here. It's not punishment this time. Right? Can you agree? It's not punishment. God's not scattering this time. It's not God scatters, but now it's God gathers. So if you want to look at the first one, Hosea 1, 4, Jezreel being God scatters and punishment, look at Hosea 2, 22 at the end there and 20 the beginning of 23 says i will sow her for myself in the land that god gathers it's no longer god scatters it's god gathers and they respond god who gathers his people and sows her in their land in that day they will respond they hear they answer they come it's the same thing. We look at God responds. God ana, and they ana. They hear God's voice. They will answer and they will come to God. Look at Jeremiah 32, verses 37 through 38. Jeremiah 32, 37 through 38. It says, behold, I will gather. This is God speaking. Behold, I will gather them out of all the lands of which I've scattered them in. In my anger and in my wrath and in my indignation. He goes, but now I'm going to, Jezreel, I'm going to sow them. I'm going to gather them. I'm going to take them and bring them into the land, right? I will bring them back to this place and make them dwell in safety. They shall be my people and I will be their God. Do you hear it? Hosea, verse 23, God says, I will sow her for myself in the land. I will not scatter. I will gather Israel for myself in the land. Jeremiah 32, the rest of the way, 40 through 41, he says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. I will put the fear of me in their hearts. They will never turn away from me. I will rejoice over them to do them good and will faithfully plant them in this land with all my heart, with all my soul. This Jeremiah, prophecy of the everlasting covenant here, is a reiteration of the covenant that God made to Abraham in Genesis 15. I'm not going to go there. You've been there. Genesis 15, where God passed through with a flaming torch and a, and a smoking oven saying, I'm covenanting to you, Abraham. You don't have to do a thing. You don't merit it. You don't earn it. I'm giving you this as an everlasting covenant by grace and mercy. There's going to be a seed. His name is Jesus. He's coming through you. He's going to bless the whole world. God came and made that with him at Genesis 15, 18, but it was promised by God 10 years prior in Genesis 12, and then it was also confirmed forever in Genesis 13. I'm going to read this one. Genesis 13, verses 14 through 17. So let's read that one. Genesis 13, verse 14 through 17. Genesis 13, 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot separated from him, he said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, all the land you see, I will give it to you and to your seed, your descendants, forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through its length and breadth, and I will give it to you. 
And so now, through the new covenant, God is making a way for Israel by grace and through the blood of the Lamb to possess the promised land. I don't know if you hear it. This everlasting covenant, a covenant is where you have to take an animal and cut him in half and pass through it saying, I'm promising this to you and if I lie, if I don't make this promise true, then let it be done to me as it's been done to this animal. And God was the only thing that passed through that animal making that promise. That's why it's according to promise. Abraham's seed And we know in Galatians that he says, and not to seeds, but to one seed, meaning Jesus Christ. And we know that descendants of Abraham are not descendants by Jewish descent. They're descendants by what? Help me out. By faith. By faith, we're descendants of Abraham. And there's a a remnant, isn't there? There's a remnant of the Jewish Abrahamic descendants that will be saved. God is not done with the nation of Israel because He promised what? The land as an everlasting possession to give to Him and His descendants forever. It still has to happen. God says, in that day I will sow her into the land myself. It's like God never stops thinking about this land. Sorry, Bush. You weren't supposed to give away the Gaza Strip to anybody but Israel. You weren't. I mean, maybe he don't know that. But God knows it. But God allows that to happen as punishment when Israel's not following him. So it happens. But what is God going to do? I'm going to lure. I'm going to gather. I'm not going to scatter. I'm going to bring her back to the land and I'm going to bless her. I'm going to open up the, uh, the, the, the heavens and the, the showers of blessings are going to come down. The ground's going to respond to the heavens. The, the, grain, the ground is going to respond to the grain, the new wine, the oil. And they, Israel, will respond, you are my God. I, I don't know if you hear it yet. Verse... 23, I think, of Hosea. Keep listening. He says, God says, on that day, I will sow her into the land myself. And then he says, I will have, help me out. I will have compassion on who? Who is she? Lo Ruhama. I say it right, brother? Lo Ruhama. The second born. So you got Jezreel in there. Jezreel's there. He's there. That's the one, firstborn, God sows. There's the firstborn. Secondborn, Luhrahamah. No compassion. God says to her who had no compassion, I will have compassion on you. Keep reading. And I will say to who? To those who are those. The third child, what's her name? What's, is it a boy or a girl? I don't remember. What's the name? Loami. Loami. Loami, help me out. Loami, you're not my people. In that day, in that day when God responds to the heavens and the and the ground, the earth responds to the heavens and showers and blessings and God will say to you, you are my people. I just want to show you, it's all inclusive. It's the firstborn, it's the secondborn, and it's the thirdborn. It's Jezreel. It's this punished. It's this one who's being punished. I will forgive you. I will have mercy on you. I will no longer scatter you. I'll gather you. Lo Ruhama, you had no compassion. I will have compassion on you. Hallelujah. You, Loami, you are not my people. You were probably born from your mother prostituting herself with somebody and there's a baby that's illegitimate. You're mine, God says. Declares the Lord in that day, you who are not my people, you're my people. You have not obtained compassion. You shall receive compassion. You who have been punished and scattered, you shall be gathered. It's all inclusive.
God takes the hostile, the, the rebellious, the worst of the worst, the dirtiest, the prostitute, the murderer, the hater, the highest violator, the unforgivable, the one who's not his people. God takes the sinner and saves him. Do you believe that? Jesus did not come to save the righteous, but to save who? The sinners. He saves the sinner and he pours out the grace to make known the riches of his glory. Oh, it's so easy to see that these people, these Jezreels, these low Rahamas, the, the low Amis, they're not a people who have earned or merited God's love. No, they're not. And neither are you. Amen. And neither am I. These are what? Vessels of mercy. <laughs> They're vessels of mercy. These are the called. And let me tell you something. Paul and Peter, both Jewish descent, both uh, interpreted Hosea 2.23 the same. They interpreted Hosea 2.23 the same. Exactly what I'm trying to open up to you. Now go there. But at the time of, of Hosea, Israel was playing the harlot. They were forsaking God. God punished and scattered. And he said, you're not going to receive compassion. You're not going to be my people. But for the sake of his name and for the sake of the covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord proclaimed, I will hedge you up. I will wall you in. I will not allow you to get to your lovers anymore. Thank you, God, because I would run to them. He allures her, he betrothes her to himself, and he responds to her with the way, the truth, and the life, with the Messiah. The Messiah was promised in that covenant to come, the seed. His son, he responds with his son, the sinner's savior, the righteousness of God, the compassion of God, the forgiveness of God. Of God for all sin. His loving kindness of the everlasting covenant promise of the faithful and true seed. Jesus, the lamb that was cut in half so we could walk through the torn veil, the flesh, and enter into the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? They and us are no different. We come by grace through faith into the promised land. What did it say? Through Jesus, the lamb... That was slain before the foundation of the earth, the everlasting covenant. Not only was he slain, but he was raised. And it says, whom all the families of the earth will be, help me out, blessed. That's what Hosea is showing us over and over. All who call upon his name shall be saved. I'm going to read one quote and I got another one. Hopefully y'all are still with me here. My daughter, she's out, but you guys are still here. <laughs> she, has a, she has a free ticket. She was sick, right? So if you're sick, you can go out. That's good. It says, in this new covenant relation as willing to be our God in Christ, God offers himself to us unconditionally and individually in the gospel. It was such an offer of himself. He made to the Israelites when from the summit of the flaming mount. Mount Sinai, remember? He proclaimed, I am the Lord thy God who have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. It was God in the person of Christ as we learn from Stephen in Acts 7.38. You see, that was Jesus talking to them who there announced his willingness to be the God of Abraham's seed. And to these sinners deeply infected as they were soon to show with the idolatry and moral corruption of Egypt that was a most free offer. And it is expressed in absolute and unconditional terms, clogged with no condition of any sort whatsoever. There's no fine print to read. It was also an individual offer, not just to the nation, but an individual offer made to every Israelite in the camp without exception so that every soul and all that host, the vilest and most abject, was warranted as much as Moses and Aaron to close with it and on the ground of it to take Jehovah God, Jehovah Jireh, as his own personal God. My Ishi, my man, my husband. It's not an abstract God, a distant God. It's a close God. 
He's my man. He's my God. He's my Ishi. Now, we are most earnest you should realize this day that God is making to each one of you, each one of you through Christ, the same absolutely free and gracious offer to be your God. Only with this great difference. He's not making it on a mount that can be touched by blackness and darkness and gloom and smoke and fire coming out of it that is so afraid that if you touch it, you might die. But it's coming from Mount Zion and from the city of the living God in the clear, sweet light of the risen Son of Righteousness and through the lips of ambassadors who He he sent to beseech you in Christ's seed. Be reconciled to Him. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your, your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. God knows what you're going through. God knows what you're suffering. God knows your sin. God knows your shame. And he, Anna. God will, Anna. He hears you. He will respond to you. And he will speak to you. And he says, come. Will you respond? Will you anna? Will you hear him? Will you come and receive him and let him be your God? Real quick, I said Paul and Peter both interpret Hosea two twenty three the same. Look at uh, Romans nine, Romans nine twenty two through twenty six. I want to tell you that you, these are vessels of mercy. You are vessels of mercy. Romans 9, 22 through 26 says, What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? He did so. He did. To make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of, of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. There's some in Israel that are prepared beforehand for glory. And God has poured out his wrath on so many because in that day when God makes a covenant with the beasts of the field and responds to them, they are all vessels of mercy. Can you see that? They're vessels of mercy. Keep reading, even us. Here it is. Even us. is Paul whom he also called, and he says, not from among Jews only. And here's that beautiful mystery of the church, Jew and Gentile, in one body, in the body, Christ Jesus. Paul says, whom he's called, not, among, not from among Jews only, but also from among the Gentiles. And as he says also in Hosea, I will call those people who are not my people, meaning Gentiles, and those who are in Israel were not his. He's, you are my people. God, we were not a people. We were, or we were strangers to the covenants and promises of Israel. He says, you who are not my people, you're now my people, Jew or Gentile. And her who was not beloved, beloved. And it shall be on the day, that place, it shall be said, said to them, you are not my people there. They shall be called, help me out, sons of living God. Let's, let's look at Peter so we can see both these of Jewish descent. They interpret Hosea 2.23 the same. First Peter 1, 1, 2. You can see who he's talking to. Just give you the intro. First Peter 1, 2. He's talking to all the scattered, he says, I think. Um, to those who reside as aliens. So there's this Israel, this remnant scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, uh, Asia, Bithynia. And he says, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. It's those who are chosen. And like Paul said, Jew or Gentile, they're called. They're vessels of mercy. They're chosen. And then read verse 9 and 10. Oh, I just go down. Oh, I think it's of, of chapter 2, though, of 9 and 10. Yeah, go to chapter 2, verse 9. He said, here's here's what you are. Jew or Gentile, you're a chosen race. 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Help me out. You Gentiles and some of you Jews were once not a people. You were lo-ami, but now you're ami. You were once not a people, but now you're my people. You were once not a people, now you're the people of God. You've not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. It's the same. It's the same. Hosea 2.23 is for first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. It's for all the peoples of the nations, of all races, of all colors, of all tongues. By the blood of the Lamb, God will respond to Jezreel, Ruhamah, Ami, you are my people, and we will respond. Help me out. You are my God. Ah, we sin, don't we? We're saved sinners. We, sinners will sin. They will de- deny and reject God and and their lifestyle and things they say and do. But for the sake of God's name, God will respond. You cry out to him. He, call, he hears you. First John 1 John 1.9, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just and righteous to forgive you and wash you from all unrighteousness. Every single time. He anah. Every time you call on him, you'll be saved. Every time you call on his name, what does he do? He answers. It's all inclusive to Jezreel. Those who are scattered, God gathers. To Lo Ruhamah, God showing compassion to those who had no compassion. To Lo Ami, God, they were not his people. And God says, you are my people. And he adopts them as his own. We see it over and over again and again. God's wrath is great. It is great. God's wrath is great. But brothers and sisters... Can I say something? I know his wrath is great. But can we be amazed at his grace? Shall we not shall we not be more amazed at his grace? Amazing grace who saved a wretch like me. I want to be more amazed at his grace. And I see his wrath. It just makes me see his grace in my face even more beautiful. Let me close with this quote and then we'll, I'll dismiss you. Observe yet again that in this relation, God gives himself to believing sinners in all he is and all he has. You're not going to want to miss this. He's not ashamed to be called your God. Why? Why not? Why is he not ashamed to be called your God? It's because he acts toward you with a divine munificence. An imputation worthy of himself, glorifying the exceeding riches of his grace and giving you not this or that kind and measure of good, but in giving you himself, the fountain and center of all good. Think of the ineffable dignity and privilege of being able to say of him whom angels counted their supreme happiness to adore. He is my God. Mine in all his essential perfections. His wisdom, mine to enlighten and guide me. His power, mine to uphold me and protect me. His holiness, mine to raise me to walk in the light as he is in the light. His justice, mine to guard me as one of Christ's ransomed ones and to guarantee me all the inheritance he's purchased with his blood. His truth, mine, to fulfill to me every word he's spoken and every expectation and longing his spirit has wakened within me. His love, mine, to delight in me and rejoice over me to do me good. His infinitude, mine, to be the measure of the good and the blessedness which I have in him. And his eternity, mine, to be the duration through which it shall all be enjoyed. Can you say amen? All things are yours. 
Whether Paul or Apollos, Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ's. And Christ is God's. Can you contemplate this? This inheritance of the saints in light without exclaiming, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy. Happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. And I'm going to end with this. Are you crying out to God? Are you crying out to God and groaning to Him in prayer? Can I encourage you? (sighs) Be still. Be patient. Be quiet. For he hears. He hears you. He will answer you. He will speak to you. God will ana. God will respond. Believe it. And walk in the power of it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we... No, we love you because you first loved us. We thank you, God, for that. My brother prayed that early this morning. Thank you for putting your love in us by loving us, having mercy on us, alluring us out of the world and into the wilderness to speak kindly upon our hearts. And you put your spirit within us. You gave us a new heart. You've made us part of your people. We were not your people. Now we're your people. We are people who did not receive compassion. Now receive it. We're people who are scattered, but now we're gathered, gathered into your kingdom by grace through faith. God, we thank you. We praise you. Lord God, let this word go deep in our hearts and give us strength to walk by faith and run this race to the very end when we see your face shining, (laughs) shining in your glory. And we sing hallelujah. Hallelujah forever. To you be the glory, God, and to us be the joy. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.